Name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I want to meditate with you today about what we have just heard. One of the miracles of Jesus Christ that he freed a man from the demon that was possessing him. In general, we I want to touch on why the the Bible, the Gospels mainly, they stated the miracles. What where the miracles will fit in the the picture of the work of God, especially during His incarnation. This is one, and more specifically, the miracles of freeing people who were demon-possessed. I think we talk about miracles. I think we are very familiar with the miracle of the man who was born blind. We are very familiar with the miracle of the paralyzed man. We are very familiar with the, I think, what would be considered the biggest miracle that Jesus Christ did, which is the, the raising up from the dead of Lazarus. And, and there was, there were people before him that Jesus raised from the dead, but Lazarus was dead for four days. But I think the least kind of miracles we are talking about are the miracle of the people who are demon-possessed. Why? I think, I think, the reason why we are not talking about that kind of miracles, specifically or especially, it is because we don't see a lot of people who are demon-possessed. How many people of you have seen people who are demon-possessed? Have you seen many? I don't think so. And that's why we don't connect to that. However, the Gospels are stating many of those miracles. So why? And, and what does that mean? I think the answer comes in, in, in this passage. Jesus came to free humanity who became under the authority of the devil. If you go back to the very beginning, man was born free, was born, or was, I'm sorry, was created. Man was created free, was created innocent, knowing only good. And then what happened? He ate by his own will, by his own free will, he ate from a tree. That is called, whether this is symbolic or not, but I mean the idea, the name has an important concept. That he ate from a tree that is called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This is the name of the tree. And as soon as he ate, and, and Eve ate, and she ate from... The, that tree, they started to feel a conflict inside. A conflict that still we are living with. St. Paul was living with. St. Paul expressed in Romans 7, he says, he talked about that conflict that 
is inside him and inside every one of us. He said, for what I'm doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, what I want to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. How many times you said, oops, I shouldn't have done that. Right? How many times you did something, or you believed in something, or you were convinced by something, and you went forth into that, that, down that road. Then you found out that you messed up your life. And you are paying a high price for what you did. This is what I hate that I do. And he goes on to say, For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. So now we have a conflict. A conflict between the good and evil. Yesterday, I was with the kids of the, of the junior high at the retreat. And one of them, she's very young, I think fifth grade. And she came and sat with me and after I, my talk and said, I have a question. Go ahead. And she said, why if God is good, evil exists? It's a big question. I don't want to get into that. That's, that's a huge topic. But I'm saying, that's the very common question. Everybody's asking that question. We talk about the goodness of God. However, we are living with the sadness, the fallenness of this world, of the evil of this world, of the evil we are doing, and the evil we are confronted with. We are living with that. And we, we don't know how to reconcile. And I think, the Bible is talking about that. Jesus came to establish his kingdom. There is another kingdom. The kingdom of the devil. The earth. The prince of this world. There is a prince of this world. And the war, the war is still on. The fight is still on. It is not ended yet. He talked about an end to it. A final end. A culmination. Uh, and uh, a complete and ultimate end of the, the war. But it's not yet. That's why we are in this war. In the middle of this war. And we need to belong to one of the kingdoms. Whether the kingdom of God or the kingdom of the devil. That's why when the people came to them, as usual, the Pharisees. They need to give an explanation to the wonders he's doing. What kind of explanation they can give? They say, by Belzebub, the, the, the chief of the demons. He is casting out demons. That's their explanation. They want to find an explanation that take the people away from believing that Jesus Christ is God. So they, they have to give an explanation. They said by Belzebub, the, the chief of the demons, he is casting out demons. And Jesus answered the, the very uh, famous answer that a kingdom that is divided cannot stand. And then he said something that is very important. He said, but if I cast demon, I cast first, before that he said, by, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. What does that mean? 
He's telling them, okay, I'm casting demons by Beelzebub. What about the disciples? My disciples. They are people from among you. And they are casting out demons. They will judge you. Because they believed in my power and took from my power. And even though they are very simple people, fishermen, uh, uh, tax collectors. And now they are casting out demons. They will judge you. And then he said the most important thing. But if I, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. I came to cast out demons to tell you that my kingdom is more powerful than the kingdom of the devil. And I cast out demons. I'm declaring the defeat, the defeat of the kingdom of Satan under my feet. And I grant that power and victory to whoever will follow me. I think that's a very powerful message. And very powerful lesson to every one of us. There is a kingdom of the devil. Uh, again, uh, as you know, I'm, I'm fascinated with, with the book of C.S. Lewis, True Tape Letters, which talks about the devil. And... I, he, in, his, in his introduction to the book, he was talking about there is two uh, tendencies in these days, his days, 40s. But I think that still the two tendencies are, are still there. There is a tendency saying, you know, there is no Satan and no sin and everything is relative. Whichever you like is, is okay. Don't do something bad to anyone and that's it. There is no absolute truth. And the idea of spirits and, and, and devils, and that's, a, that's an outdated idea. There is another tendency, believing that everything is happening because the devil is behind it. I was with someone, one of the youth actually. He's not an old guy. He's not coming from Upper Egypt. He's living here for many years. He came here with when, when he was young. And he had problems with the relationships. He is trying to get married, but he fails. There is me get into relationships and it doesn't work out to 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 get to marriage. And he asked me, Do you think there is some witch, witchcraft that's happening against me? I mean the same tendencies. The same tendencies. What is, so what is the middle? The middle that, yeah, the kingdom of, of the devil is there. But the kingdom of God is within us. It's very powerful. We are sinning because the devil is still present. The evil in the, this world is still present. However, we have the power of God. Jesus came, that's why he is, I, if I cast out demons, that by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. We are praying every prayer. We as Coptic Orthodox, we, we, we say the, the Lord's Prayer many, many, many times. In one liturgy, how many times? Maybe, maybe I will leave this as an exercise to you. How many times have you prayed in one liturgy the Lord's Prayer? But in every one of them we say, Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. And the kingdom, Jesus said, it is within you. It is within you. 
The more we live with God, the more we are abiding to His kingdom and belonging to His kingdom. The more we live in sin and, and believing in the, the thought, the mind of the world, the more we are <coughs> declaring that we don't belong to the kingdom of God. We belong to another. We belong to another. I think the, the, what we need to think of and we need to pray for that we, we need to belong to God's kingdom. Thy kingdom come to me. To, to be within me. This should be our prayer. So Jesus came to tell us that and, and leave us with that. And that's how it was prophesied about him in Isaiah 61. It says, the spirit of the, the Lord God is upon me. So Isaiah is talking as about himself, but he is not alluding to himself. He is alluding to the Messiah, the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ. So the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening. We are captives to sin. We are all saying, I feel that there is no use. I'm, I'm, I'm useless. It's useless. I will not be able to defeat sin. But He came to, to free people from sin. Saint Moses the Black, Saint Augustine, and they're all the stories. These are the, the saints we love because they were very bad and then they became saints. And we are called to be saints. And actually, we are saints because we have the Spirit of God by whom Jesus Christ was able to cast out demons. So here he says, the Spirit of God is of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken heart, to, pray, to proclaim liberty to the, captives, to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. By the way, Jesus Christ, when he was in the synagogue, he, he read this passage, and he told them today, this is fulfilled in me. I am the one who is coming to free you. That's why we, we need to feel the, the, the presence of God. We need to ask for that. This should be our prayer. We need that His kingdom be within us. I'm going to conclude with readings from, from the, the, the Pauline epistle and, and the, the Catholic epistle today. In the Corinthians, St. Paul is saying, watch, stand fast in the face, be brave, be strong. You are in a fight, you need to be brave, you need to be strong. And let all that you do be done with love. That's, that's the rules of, of the kingdom of God. And, and the, the, the Catholic epistle from the epistle of St. James, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's a promise. Resist and he will flee. You have a power. You have my power. You have the Holy Spirit by whom Jesus Christ was casting out demons. Was defeating all the, the, the deception of the Satan. And he is, the, the, this Holy Spirit is within you. Is dwelling in you. So he said, 
And then he goes on to say, lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. You say what? We learned that the, the Christian should be joyful. How can St. James is saying, don't laugh, but mourn. Your laughter should turn to gloom. How can he says that? Yes, this is how, because we need to repent. The more we laugh like the world, the more we live, live lively. Like the world, you are away from the kingdom. But when you repent, you have another joy that is much greater than the joy of the world. That's why Jesus said in John 16, verse 22, Therefore you, know the have, therefore you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice. And your joy, no one will take from you. Your joy, no one will take from you. I think, and, and I, I, I always reminding myself by that. That's one of the things that is taken from us. As people who are belonging to the kingdom. The joy is taken from, from us. A very, a very in, good indication to how much do we belong to the kingdom. How much we have his joy within us. I can't remember. I was. I had a discussion with someone. I can't remember. I tried to remember, but I couldn't. And but I remember he was saying, "I I I'm not close to God. I'm away from God. But I see the people who are close to God. They are joyful. They are joyful. And that's true. When we are close to God, we are joyful because we belong to His kingdom." And we have his rule. But this needs repentance. Needs that we leave anything that doesn't belong to the kingdom of God. I wish we, we, we try to take a step toward God. I mean, make a certain change on your life. I mean, for example, you haven't confessed for a long time. Please do so. You are asking, why do we have confession? Why do I need to confess to someone? Forget about that. And open, open up and reveal anything that is sinful in your life. Open it up in confession, in a real confession. I mean, a step, you are not used to pray before you eat. Pray and thank God for what you have. You are not used to fast in, in Wednesday and Fridays. Take a step and say, what I'm gonna lose? Just a meal? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I belong to the kingdom. I'm not saying, I'm not reducing everything to a fasting or a certain prayer. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying, it's just a step. Take a step. You'll feel you are going toward the kingdom. And this is your direction. And nothing will take you out of it. May God give us to that we really experience His kingdom, Thy kingdom come, and glory be to God forever.